everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Boston University Podcast, a podcast for dog people. If it's your first time listening, I'm John, a former animal cruelty officer and a former animal shelter supervisor. And I'm Jamie. I'm a certified dog trainer and a canine behavioral consultant. On this episode, we have some explaining to do. Where have we been the last two weeks? Stay tuned. So we missed two two weeks, right? Two weeks of uploads. I think. Well, technically, this is three. This, yeah, but this will be out today. So yes. this will be a couple hours late, but this is going to be our Wednesday release. Yes. For what's today's date? Today is the fourteenth. Yeah. So we're literally recording it, but this is we're catching up. We have a lot of work to catch <laughs> up on, and we need to get back into the groove of things. Yes. Uh, Which. I think it's funny because we did say like a few episodes ago or maybe the last episode that we did that we would be moving and that the episodes that they'd be hearing the next couple of weeks would be pre-recorded and right. yada yada. <laughs> then there was nothing. We literally <laughs> haven't even pre-recorded yet. Nope. We just don't. This is the issue is that everything seems like a good idea. And then when we actually go to do it, it's either there's no time or we, we're not able to execute it properly and then we just scratch it so well tell them why we haven't been able to execute anything yeah. well take take a guess we were gone for two weeks exactly <laughs> two weeks we uh, got the vid we got covid it, it finally after a year it made its way to us we're not really sure where we got it from because we've been super super safe yeah um for the last year we've been super safe and super careful and uh, we think it would like it's down to two things it could be from a family member that that um who, that works in the medical field. Um, my mom specifically, she, she works in a doctor's office and they had an exposure there. We're not sure if it's from that because she was also sick and uh, thank, thank God she recovered as well. Um, or possibly a younger relative who goes to school. We're not really sure because there's nothing else. Like there's no community spread that we no. could have been involved in because we don't any of We've our been so other, busy, we haven't been doing anything, and we're so careful when we're out. Any of our other friends that we see regularly, they're all negative. Yeah, so, so thank God we did not, uh, we weren't super spreaders. We didn't get anybody else sick, thank God, yeah. and um, we are recovered, and now it's just a matter of catching up on a ton of work. A ton of yeah. work. So that's why we missed it. Um, I know what you're thinking, well, you're homesick, and why can't you just record a podcast? Oof. Well, I didn't have a voice for a couple of days. Or hardly had a voice. Or taste yourself. And then right <laughs> after the phase of not having a voice, it just zapped everything out of us. Like, and, and then we had to take care of a baby at the same time. So, Oh, God, that was rough. Taking turns, being up with the baby, taking care of him, letting him play, and then uh, immediately napping. Thankfully, as as it hit John and I at different times. He was positive before I was. And this is the crazy part, and that I was kind of angry about because this virus makes no sense. Um, my mother-in-law tested positive. She tested on a Tuesday, was positive on a Friday. John and I immediately went and got rapid tests. I had once. already gotten a test because I he was did. feeling like I had that a That same infection. Tuesday, he also got a rapid test and it was negative. He wanted to make sure, especially with me going to see clients, that everything was fine. So he went and got a negative test. Because at that point, I was just having allergy symptoms. Yes. So I was like, all right, let me just make sure. But the, it's spring like these are allergies exactly so then i started getting congested but i wound up getting my first vaccine shot on that thursday right so friday we wake up we're now my sister and her girlfriend are here to visit for easter we haven't seen them in months i was so excited and then we get the news that she tested positive and we're like oh my god are you kidding me so we run we didn't want to be stupid and go and hang out with them so we went and got tests 
John was positive. I was negative. So I'm like, what? I was like, there's no way that you're positive and I'm negative. So I treated it as if, as if I was also positive, right? So we go home, but we wanted to make sure that the baby was going to be okay because we didn't know how it was going to affect him. So thinking that the baby and I were still negative, even though I wasn't going to go see anybody, I was still going to quarantine at home. I was separately from John. John went into our bedroom and was by himself. Um, so I was taking care of the baby for three days by myself and it was exhausting. Um, I was like, you know what? There's no way because I started to get... Shout out to the single parents. I don't know how yeah, you do it. Yeah, I don't know it. how it's you do it. Impressive. Holy crap. Um, and you know what I have to say? We generally have a very good child. He is he is not Satan. He is very easy. Uh, but again, he's 13 months old and he is now walking and excited and doing stuff and wanting to be stimulated all the time. Um, I started to then get worse symptoms. I was definitely getting extremely tired. I had some chills, body aches, aches, um, a little bit of fever. I had burning in my chest for about two days and I was like, you know, I'm going to go get tested again. I got tested again. They did a rapid. It came up negative again. I was like, I said to the nurse, I was like, there's no way. She goes, no, you're definitely positive. She goes, I'm going to send out a PCR. Sends out a PCR the next day. Thankfully, I didn't have to wait three days. It was positive. It's insane to me that these these rabbits are coming up negative. I mean, if I was stupid enough, I could be running around this town. You know, my husband's po- uh, positive, but I'm negative, so I'm going to go to the stores and get us right. Supplies. You know, people are doing it exactly because if you get a if someone tells you you're negative, you're going to be like, okay, I'm going to go do the normal stuff. But I was positive the entire time. That was five yeah. days, and that's crazy to me. And it's just nuts. So. Thankfully, it came up positive. John and I could be together. We were still very careful around the baby. Our pediatrician said that he was probably positive as well, um, but that they just obviously show symptoms very differently. Um, he definitely was a little congested, but nothing crazy. Nope. We are, uh, that's now behind us. Yes, we are oh. so much better now. Ugh, I feel so much better. I was exhausted. Yeah. Literally just picking the baby up or even just doing a load of laundry. I was on my butt on the couch for at least three hours trying to recoup just from using that energy. Yeah. But here we are. We are back. Um, we're not going to miss a third week. We're going to get this out before the end of the day. Yes. So let's get back to dogs because that's what this podcast is about. And I'm sure people are just burned out on COVID and sure. hearing about it. So um, just let it be a lesson for you to be safe and thoughtful of other people if you think you might be positive or if you've been in contact with somebody that's positive because it, the testing is very strange with this. So yes. just got to be careful. So before we get into it, I wanted to shout out somebody who bought us some marrow bones for Oakley, Tasha, and Pudge. That would be Mary Beth Anderson. She said, I absolutely love your podcast, which I stumbled upon at just the right time when you were on the Z100 morning show and was struggling with our six-month-old Pitsky. I've learned so much and can definitely say that positive reinforcement works, even with our rambunctious 45-pound, now nine-month-old Maya. And she bought us three marrow bones that are, uh, of course, three for our dogs. So thank you. So much to uh, Mary Beth. We really appreciate it, and we hope that you continue to enjoy the podcast. Can I just say I love the phrase Pitsky? Yeah, there. <laughs> have you seen them? They're like they're really cute. They're adorable. They're they're really cute. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a really cool mix. Yeah. Uh, so if you wanted to buy us marrow bones for the dogs, you can head over to buymeacoffee.com forward slash possum p a w s o m e, just like the podcast, and you can buy Oakley, Tasha, and Pudge a marrow bone. Which um, they greatly appreciate. Yeah. And also we have to get the marrow bones, of course, and then post it to our Instagram mm-hmm. of giving them the bones because yeah. that's what we said we'd do. So, so yeah, thank you. 
Thank you again, Mary Beth. And if anybody else would like to support the podcast by buying us some marrow bones for the dogs, again, buymeacoffee.com forward slash possum. So we have two Ask the Trainers, but we're only going to get to one right now because we need more information or at least a clarification on the second one. Yeah. So I'm just going to get right to the Ask the Trainer because it's been a little while. It has been. You're a little rusty. Oh, please. No, I'm kidding. You've been doing nonstop <laughs> trainings, but you're a little rusty on your Ask the Trainer. Oh, let's hear it. This one is from listener Christy Langa. I'm sorry if I butchered your last name. Hello. So we have three older rescue dogs. Goldie is a Mastiff mixed with cancer, age 11. Watson is a Neo Mastiff, age 8. And Watson. Gizmo is a Shih Tzu, age 14. So These are all, great names. All older dogs. We recently lost our deaf minpin. I really would like to get a puppy. Goldie is my reactor. I listened to your podcast about introducing on neutral ground. What about in the home? Should I keep them separate for some time? I was thinking of getting a puppy play yard in addition to a crate. I would never leave them alone unattended. Just looking for some info on introducing in the home. Thank you. All right. So I love this question. This is, this is a really good one. And very similarly that I tell all the clients I work with on our virtual trainings is every dog is different. So your dog and the dog next door do not get the same training program. They do not get the same advice because they're extremely different. So everything needs to be tailored to Goldie, right? So if Goldie is the reactive one, we have to do what works for that dog. So, um, like she said, uh, neutral territory is great. Um, in the home is definitely the most difficult because uh, quarters are definitely smaller. They're definitely closer. We need to give Goldie a lot of space to feel comfortable. Again, if positive reinforcement is involved the entire time, Goldie's going to like this puppy a lot better. Now, if you have the most rambunctious puppy of the group, yeah, this is going to be a lot harder for Goldie to get over. If you have the calmest, maybe a little bit of an insecure type puppy, Goldie may take to that dog. You could see a complete difference between different puppies and how Goldie is going to relax, uh, react. And what it really comes down to is that Goldie may surprise you. Puppies are a lot less threatening, depending on the size, of course, than meeting another dog. I have tons of dogs that are super reactive to dogs on leash and, and in dog parks or just parks in general. And then when they see a puppy, it's a completely different response. So you really have to just play this by ear and think about Goldie as a dog and who she does better with, what types of dogs she does better with. She can, uh, it's a girl, right? I think it's a girl. Goldie, yes. I believe so. <clears throat> um, she clearly can do it. She lives with two other dogs and did live with three other dogs. So take into account that there's always a positive there. It's just that initial greeting. Um, most trainers will say when you're working with two dogs, never pick one of the dogs up. But when it comes to puppies, I don't listen to this. Um, I would in that situation, if we want Goldie to meet this puppy and you're not really worried about Goldie coming up to you and just going in on this puppy, I would hold this puppy up. Um, but out. So if I'm like, if I'm crossing my arms, I'm going to have that puppy in the middle of my arms with the butt facing outward in between my ribs and the, the arm that's like holding a them. like a, yes, like a football, um, that butt being out face away from Goldie, right? So the puppy's face is, is up by your face and you're just bending down, letting Goldie get a good sniff of the tushy and seeing her reaction. I don't want her leashed up for this, but it's always better to have a second head, uh, hand of, of people there. So like 
if um, your significant other is there or you have a friend or a parent that can help you out, it's always better that you're not outnumbered. Um, and not leashing up because that could be a barrier. Is exactly. that what you're thinking? Exactly. Yes. No leashing up. And, and immediately, like if that significant other is holding her collar from the first second it happens, there may be more reactivity and pushback on that, um, which is attributed to a negative a negative emotion when you're getting pulled back on almost like, you know, like when someone says something bad about your mom and you say, hold me back to your friends yeah. like that, you feel tougher and you feel a little bit more reactive than if nobody was holding you back. Um, so I like to give it a little bit more of like an open feel to it, not as, um, structured and, and manipulated physically. Um, but you and that, that significant other or that parent or that friend is talking to Goldie the entire time from the second that puppy comes in the house while she's sniffing the butt while, while you're talking to her, you are so excited. There can be treats involved. Um, whatever works for you guys. If it's better for those other two dogs that you have to be out of the situation, do it. If it's better for them to be involved, if she's more confident with them around, do it. Whatever works for her. There's no right or way wrong way to do this. Would you agree, John? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and also, I'm not sure what episode you listened to specifically because we've talked about introducing. Yeah, we've talked a about few quite times. A bit. But if you haven't yet, check out the episode from season two titled "Introducing a Puppy to the Pack and Some Staffy Love." Um, that one it's about 30 minutes long, and we really go into detail on introducing a puppy to your pack. Yes. So that should really help you as well. You should be able to find that one in season two. So yeah, I think that that covers that. The other one, we there's no email back yet. Let me check real quick. We're going to check real quick because they had asked us a question about um, having a neuter done and what, what extra things you should be asking the vet, but we're not exactly sure what they, they want to know. No, so, no answer yet. No email yet. Okay. Well... I know you wanted to talk about something else training related, right? You have yes. you have some virtual clients. Yes, you I, talk about? Uh, well, technically half virtual, half in person. Uh, thankfully, they are in the Monmouth County area, and it's good because this is a situation where I do need to be involved a little bit more. There's a lot of moving parts. Um, it, the the reason why I, I, I'm bringing them up is I think there's a bigger conversation to be had, and I want to talk about this because I don't think it's talked about a lot. Um, coming into maturity. This is, is something that happens quite a bit to dogs that needs, that need behavioral training. Mm-hmm. Um, I would not say that every dog experiences a traumatic coming into maturity, um, but a lot of the dogs that I deal with do. So what does coming into maturity mean? It's basically when your dog mentally is no longer a happy-go-lucky puppy, and they are way more in tune to all of the things that are going on in the world and how the world sees them. It's a lot like children where like when they finally hit that age where like they're embarrassed by the things they do. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Like when your kids are little, they'll run around naked and they don't care. Yeah. And then they'll like sing and dance in front of people. Yeah. And then they hit an age where they don't want anybody to look at them and, oh my God, I need clothes on and, oh my God, I'm not going to act silly in front of you. I don't know you. You know, that embarrassment, those negative traits, so like fear, anxiety, insecurity, those things will come to play. This happens a lot in dogs that, I know we've talked about the do-do-do dogs, like Oakley and Tasha. Mm -hmm. They are aloof, smart, but they're not intelligent. They're not going to rule the world. They're just happy to be here. They are happy-go-lucky dogs. Now, in terms of their maturity... I think that they've hit their maturity, but because they're older dogs, they're both probably around like seven or eight years old. Um, they probably hit it at a normal time. 
and it was it was slowly developed for the dogs like the ones that I'm going to explain now the one she's only eight months old and I think her maturity came earlier than it was supposed to and it was induced with stress okay so the family that I'm dealing with right now, mom and dad are super anxious and think mom's definitely like about to pull her head, hair out of her head. So that's why I'm glad that I'm able to come in person because I think her stress was so high that she, she, can't, she couldn't even figure out what to do. She was asking me like to the minute how to handle this. And you know, that's, that's a lot of stress on her. So um, we spoke, she's got two dogs. One is an older pity and one is a, um, a bulldog puppy. She is a bit, she's bigger. What is it, American Bulldog? Yeah, not Victorian. Yeah. Victorian's the short ones. Um, she's an American Bulldog. She is eight months old. They've had her. Obviously, she's a COVID puppy. Um, they were besties. They were fine, right? Layla and Rosie. Rosie's the baby. Mom and daughter were home. Mom's a teacher, so they were obviously with COVID. They were home and virtual. Very recently in the last two weeks, mom and daughter went back to school. No one is home with them during the day. And dad's been out working this entire time. That is the stress that I think sent Rosie over the edge. Now, prior to these dogs were absolutely in love with each other. She has tons of videos and photos of them snuggling on the same bed together. No problem whatsoever. Um, Mom went back to work. The first three days, the couch and the pillows were completely destroyed fluff everywhere like literally the pictures that you see on instagram of mm-hmm. of things exploding um so very high stress she was not creating her they stopped creating her in the beginning um and i think that was kind of where they went wrong i think because they were home they were like it's fine it's it's the trap that everybody fell into with COVID. absolutely they felt bad creating her even though they were home right. so You're forgetting that you need to return to a normal routine at some point exactly and the other thing that they even said that they knew that they messed up on they did a little bit of training they were training her in the beginning then COVID hit they got her in February and then they didn't really do anything they kind of just kept up with those things but it wasn't enough for her she's a very smart overstimulated um energetic but intelligent dog so mm-hmm. she's gonna pick up on all of those things that are happening right she's hyper focused she watches every move you make she's not like that happy-go-lucky dog that'll sleep on the couch and right. doesn't start she's every a little moment. insecure yeah she's insecure for sure especially with attention if layla was getting attention she would like muscle her way in there she feels insecure if rosie got off of the seat of the couch and was doing her own thing and then layla went to go jump on it Rosie would literally come over and body block her just to be annoying. So those were little things that were coming up personality-wise that I can definitely tell that she she was pre-positioned to have this problem. This It was going to be easier for her to get anxiety and flip out than it would be Layla. Layla's kind of like a couch potato, doesn't really care. Okay. Um, mom going back to work, I think, stressed her out so much that she literally went into a state of like losing her mind. Um mom came home let them outside uh rosie jumped on layla's back the puppy jumped on layla's back Mm -hmm. and i think layla had just had it so she snapped at her and then they just went at it okay they could not get them off of each other that excitement what what kind of dogs are these um bulldog and pity that's right so the pity is not little dogs no not not little dogs not at all um and rosie is extremely small uh Rosie is extremely um, strong for her age. For for eight months old, she's she's got some oomph to her, let me tell you. Um, my arms were hurting the day after uh, walking them around. Um, the second incident, they were still left out. 
Um, they usually close the pantry door. I guess, I don't know if one of them knows it open. They don't have a camera, so they're not really sure what happened. They fought over a bag of co- coffee grinds. So not even much value to nope. them at and all. They came home. They were all bloody, but cuddling on the bed together. So it's like a switch. Yep. So that stress of them leaving literally has sent Rosie over the edge. And now she's, she's hyper-focused on Layla in terms of like what's happening. So what we did is, uh, mom, before they even contacted me, I guess they were extremely stressed out. So they sent Rosie to um, her in-law's house. So um, her brother and sister-in-law have Rosie. I'm telling her we need her to come back. I do not love when dogs are separated like this after an incident. The longer you keep them apart, the more you're asking for it. Mm-hmm. Um, they right, need, we've seen it before. We've seen it before, and it it never works out in anybody's favor. Um, yes, they should be separated in the house, but not leaving that house. Um, so I said, okay, Rosie's got to come back. We had our first virtual training. We discussed everything, nitty-gritty, all that good stuff. Um, they really do believe that they should have done a lot more behavioral training with Rosie from the very beginning. She's just insecure, and she needs a lot. And they weren't giving her what she needed in the beginning. So I think this is kind of where this stems from. Um, So if this is what's going on, this is your wake-up call to get a trainer immediately before they rip each other to shreds over coffee grinds. Um, But that maturity, I think, is, is what's really struggling for Rosie. She is a baby. She's eight months old. But the way that I saw her act towards her sister the other day is like the behavior of a dog that has never been socialized with other dogs before. Which I know is not the case. Right. She's literally lived with this dog, cuddled with this dog, slept in the same bed with her. Um, but she is flipping a switch, like you said. And all of that negative association of mom going back, all that anxiety, she is now associating with Layla. So I told them, bring her back. We have to create her. We're going to do a lot of, um, it, you're, you're basically going to be on a socialization type protocol where Rosie is separated. Layla gets run of the house um, but away from Rosie. They're not going to be in the same room together. Um, They're going to do three walks a day where they go walking together. Um, Positive reinforcement the entire time, um, keeping them far apart, getting them close together as the walk goes on. Now, Rosie is extremely focused on Layla. It doesn't seem aggressive the entire time. In the beginning when she's walking outside, she wants to pounce on her. Mm -hmm. But I don't know them prior to this issue. I don't know Layla's threshold. Right. If Rosie touches her, she may flip out again, like like it happened that first time. Right, and the threshold probably changed from you know, two months ago. Mm-hmm, 100%. So I don't know her tolerance with, with uh, Rosie right now, so I don't want to push too hard. So I want to just get them used to being around each other again and nothing bad happening. Then we go into the house. Layla, the older one, always goes in first, not Rosie. If Rosie goes in and sits on the couch and then Layla comes up, she's going to lose her mind, which did happen when we, we did this a few days ago. So walked them, brought them in, they were good. They reacted on leash outside when they first saw each other. After a few minutes, they calmed down. We went inside, they were good because they didn't lose sight of each other, right? So we're sitting on the couch. Um, Rosie definitely wanted to go over and see Layla. Layla was pretty much kind of ignoring her. She was interested in her. I think she was watching her because she was just making sure that she wasn't going to come pounce on her. Yeah. But it wasn't like she was coming over trying to play with her. So Layla's definitely on the... Um, the more I'm fine with you kind of leaving me alone. Which makes it a little easier than dealing with two, two dogs that yes, are like Rosie. 100%. So um, Layla wasn't super interested, which was great. Rosie was adamant. She would not give it up. 
Now with this, I, I told them small increments. Rosie cannot handle too much. Pushing it past seven minutes, I could tell she was like coming out of her skin. Like she was looking at her and like she was on the couch, off the couch, on me, on the couch. She was all over the place. And then I was like, all right, I'm going to get up and I'm going to walk away. They have, they have a, a ginormous kitchen. So I was able to walk out of the, the couch area and bring her over by the dining room table and give her some decompression so she couldn't see Layla. Um, and then we kept doing this back and forth. There was an instance I wanted them to put uh, Layla away. They came back with Layla. Rosie was already by the couch. When Layla reapproached into the room, it was like she was seeing her for the first time again. Hmm. So I learned a lot from that situation. Yeah. So they reacted, like she reacted towards her like she did when they first saw each other after coming home from the in-laws house outside. So it's okay. No more of that. Once they're together, Layla never approaches in a room that Rosie already is. Because Rosie feels territorial of that area. She feels insecure right. when Layla approaches. So I wanted to go over that scenario and what we're doing. So they're going to be doing that three times a day, short and sweet. Upping the mental stimulation. And then we have to really work on Rosie on just being a puppy. We have to work on her on her obedience, on her training yeah. in general. And boost that confidence. 100%. Which will really reflect in her behavior. Yes. Um, this is one of these instances, though where we discussed medication. Normally it's a CBD type of conversation, but because these two have ripped each other the shreds twice now, I told her she needs to talk to the vet. This is, this is different circumstances. Right. So um, I have another client very similarly that the, the dog is same age as Rosie. And when you're getting to the point where people are getting injured, there's blood being drawn, vets will most likely make right. an exception. Because it's, it's either this goes the way that it goes and it gets worse, and you either, and I even said this to them, which upsets them. The poor kid, she's in high school. I thought she was going to cry. I said, you know, it's either we put her on medication or our other two options are you rehome her or she gets euthanized because nobody wants her. Mm -hmm. We don't want to get to those points. Yeah. I don't want that. I think that a, a good threshold for when pharmaceutical inter intervention is necessary is self-harm or harm to anybody else, including any other animals in 100%. the house. If the behavior is going to cause injury, then it's time to 100% to reel it in before you know something that you can't take back happens. Yes. And so that, that's where medication absolutely is appropriate and should be recommended. 100%. So we talked about that. Um they were open to that. So it was definitely a tougher training to come back to off of off of COVID. I was definitely yeah. like, "All right, wake up. Right time back to go." To work. <laughs> um, I hope you enjoyed your uh, my my your va naps. my vacation, right? Um so that was, that was something I really wanted to bring up to our listeners because I think it's a really good conversation to have that this is the situation that you have going on. There are ways around it. I'm hoping that this is quick and easy for them. That's my hope. Yeah. I don't necessarily think it's going to be a quick fix. I don't think that Rosie's just going to give it up. I think she, she kind of snapped with mom and daughter going back to work and, and school. That, that was the last straw. I think so. I think it really, it the, really the... made her mentally suffer. For a dog that's insecure, when you take away their constants, mm -hmm. that's that's what typically will push them over the edge. I think she was already on the edge in terms of her anxiety and stuff. I just don't think they were picking Sad. up on She's it. She's so young. Yeah. But this She's is happening baby. to so many dogs because of COVID, mm -hmm. because of the issues that, that are arising from dogs coming from as puppies 24-7 with us. Mm -hmm. you know, and it's, then we it's randomly, out of nowhere, and again, they weren't creating her. 
So it went from one extreme to the other. Mm-hmm. And it's not like a few hours. Like she's literally a teacher. She was gone from early morning to about three o'clock. Yeah. So that is something to be discussed. If you are thinking of going back to work or your dog's routine currently is going to be drastically changing, you need to start the work now. Right. And this is a, uh, this is not a cookie cutter protocol. So if you're going through this, it doesn't mean do these things. Yes. No. It doesn't mean that you're going to have the same, you know. Outlook. It's not going to work that way. But if you are going through this, you can reach out to us because we are accepting clients worldwide. As long as you have, if you can listen to this podcast, chances are you have the capabilities of doing a Zoom call. And that's where we are now accepting clients worldwide. So you can get the help that you need from anywhere in the world with the virtual training. So if, uh, if you're going through this, definitely reach out, even if it's just one one session to kind of point you in the right direction. Oh, I've done a I've done a ton of one session or people lately. Yeah. So a lot of issues just, are just They want you want clarification. Are you doing the right thing? And I was just talking to another client, I just got off a call a little while ago. Um, he's got a seven month old and similar not as as bad as Rosie, there's no other dog involved, but he's starting to see some he thought it was aggression. In reality it was just reactivity because this dog is terrified. So like seeing thirteen okay. year olds walk down the street. Right. Um, now it's getting nice out. People are being more active and he's again, seven months. So he hasn't really experienced a spring yet. So this is new for him. He's like, why are all these people walking down my street? So he started doing like low growling and like, obviously the internet told him to yell at the dog. And he was like, I didn't feel right doing that. And I was like, good. Cause you shouldn't be. Yeah. <laughs> so we discussed that. And again, everything was tailored to his dog. Yeah. I'm thinking all the, all the new things for like a seven month old people. Scary. Mowing the lawn. Yeah. Garbage blow, trucks. Blowing the clippings. Yep. Things that they don't hear in the winter. Mm-hmm. Um, and he crazy. lives he lives in LBI. So it's super active in the summer. We went for vacation last year. And there's going to yeah. be people walking around like crazy. It, it gets very densely populated over there. 100%. So um, he was really happy that he reached out to me when he, when he did. I was like, a lot of people wait. Like in your situation, they'll wait like another six months. Yeah. And by then, it's you unmanageable. have a year of training ahead of you when it's that situation. So I told him, I said, we will probably only need one or two sessions. And then once you know what to do, you don't need me anymore. Yeah. You just need the information and you need to know how to do it properly. I'm glad that he's being proactive about it. Yeah. And he's a younger guy. So I, uh, I applaud him. Yeah. Doing it on his own. It's great. Mm-hmm. You have a ton of virtual clients right now from all over the country and you just got another. Colorado. Yeah. Yeah. We are... I, we need to set up like a little map. With like we pins. should. That'd be fun. I love seeing those. Yeah. I always wanted that. But I had no reason until now. <laughs> so I think that's all we have for this episode. We're just... Yeah. Gonna, sorry if it's short. We're just going to ease into it. Well, um, should we... um Should we discuss mm-hmm. our house situation? There's not much to discuss. Our house is <laughs> basically going to be sold. We're under contract. And we have nowhere to live. And we've had <laughs> two houses snatched up from under us already. Yeah. So to, oh, the perfect house, the perfect house the for Boston University uh, headquarters and board and train. And then we tested positive for COVID the day that we were supposed to see it to walk through it before. Obviously, you, know, you want to see a house where you make an offer on it. We had every intention of we were walking through it. And literally if it was, had we had the appointment set up. We were headed. Yeah. I tested positive like 45 minutes before our appointment. Uh-huh. We, we contacted the realtor like, hey, I got to get tested because just found out I was exposed to somebody. As long as everything's good, we can keep this. But can we push it off like an hour? And then tested, positive, canceled. 
Uh, five days later, the house is under contract with somebody else. So pissed. And there's nothing else right now in the market that meets our needs. Yeah. So it's rough, but we don't want to sell. There is one other house that the second building that we would use as possum university headquarters is literally perfect, but the house, I'm not going to settle on a house. I don't, right. It, we did not walk in and feel that feeling. Home. Didn't feel like home. Like when we came into our house that we're currently in right now, we were like, this is it. <laughs> this is amazing. Sweet, yeah. Take all my I money. I still have the video. The first time we were there and I was walking through filming the house and like the camera goes to you and you got that stupid smile on your face, like <laughs> ear to ear. I was like, yep, this is it. Do you remember when we first brought Pajolina here? And we yeah, we have that it? video too. We should we have, post that. We should. In honor a, of moving. I have a video of Pudge when we first moved in. She was the only dog that we had at the time. And um, I was like, Pudgelina, we bought you a house. We bought, we bought you a house. That's probably why she has a complex. <laughs> we bought you a house. So I literally like videotaped walking her all over the house into all the rooms. And she was so excited. It was cute. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, I wanted to... See if any of our listeners, I'm sure most of them follow us on Instagram now, but we just put up a post today, stuff your bones with these healthy filling ideas. And we have peanut butter, sweet potato, Greek yogurt, pumpkin puree, banana puree, and pate dog food. Those are some of our favorites. And if you want to go and contribute to that, uh, go to Instagram, find that post and comment what your dog's favorite fillings are. And we can, uh, we can exchange recipes. <laughs> So definitely check that out. Yes. Um, that's all we have for this episode, as usual. Um, like I said, follow us on Instagram at Possum University. If you'd like to buy our dogs a marabone, buymeacoffee.com forward slash possum. And uh, YouTube. YouTube. Yeah, we uh, since we last spoke, we've uploaded another YouTube video. This one is about why grapes and raisins are poisonous to dogs. This is a new discovery by the veterinarians at the ASPCA Poison Control Center. So they just made a new discovery right now. It's a hypothesis that needs to be confirmed, but they found some correlation between all, you know, these like homemade slimes. Yeah. Big thing on TikTok. All the kids are doing it now. A key ingredient in that is cream of tartar. And that contains a very, very, actually it contains the same. I think it's an amino acid that is in grapes and it's in a couple other things that are poisoning dogs. And that may be the link. So check out that video. It's on our YouTube, Boston University. That's all we have for this one. Until next week. Class dismissed.